0: Hey there, I'm so glad you're listening to the Business of Baking podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I think has affected all of us in one way or another, whether we like to admit it or not, actually. Today, we're talking about the topic of mommy guilt, but I should say that I know that not all of my readers and listeners are actually mommies, so I think we should actually more accurately refer to this as parental guilt because sometimes we get that guilt from our children, but sometimes our parents give it to us. And actually, you know, on third thought, maybe I should call this family guilt, because sometimes that guilt comes from our partners as well. Listen in, it's sure to be a meaty podcast today. And thanks for being here. You're listening to the Business of Baking podcast with Michelle Green. The small business podcast that's all about successfully running your own sweet food company without losing your mind if you've ever brought dessert to a party and been told you can make a fortune selling those then you're in the right place this is an honest straight talking podcast about the highs and lows of being in small business fueled by late nights crazy client stories and a permanent sugar high we're going to listen share and learn our way to sweet business success Here's your host, writer, speaker, recovering cake decorator, and incurable sweet tooth, Michelle Green. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about this concept of mommy guilt or family guilt or whatever you want to call it. And this actually came about because I've talked about this Oh my goodness. So, so many times over the years I've written articles about it. I've written yeah blog posts, all kinds of things, but I've never talked about it on the podcast. And this particular episode is prompted by a comment that somebody left on my Facebook page. They'd listened to one of my other podcasts and she'd left this comment and I thought I'd share it with you. She'd say, I really enjoyed this podcast. It was nice to know that I was not the only one in a similar situation with the guest speaker. I had a cooking blog for a long time that I wrote on religiously, and my husband was jealous and resentful at times about it. I'm also glad you all discussed mommy guilt. I was talking to my husband about it, and I was thinking no man's business conference is talking about daddy guilt when it comes to business. But this is for sure a real issue in the cake world. Do I shut down my business while I'm pregnant? Do I take reduced orders for the first year after my baby is born? Do I XYZ because of my kids? This is something that women as business owners are really struggling with. It was a breath of fresh air to hear about it instead of it being the dirty little secret we all harbor. Now, I think the podcast she's referring to is the interview I did with Georgianne Bell from La La Loa, who talked about how it's hard to juggle a family and a business and social media and all the other stuff that we've got going on. So I love this comment and this comment really prompted me to want to talk about this as a standalone episode because I think it's something that we've all dealt with at some time, right? We've had family members, we've had parents, we've had kids or whatever who, yeah, they get jealous and they get resentful, sometimes just resentful. You know, they feel like all our time is being taken up by this thing. And it's, it's a really fascinating um, Thing. And, and I've talked about my kids being a part of my business for a long time. I named it after them. I've gotten them involved in it. But I wanted to talk about this in a little more detail. So I first started to think about, like, why do we feel guilt for running our own business or even having a job or a hobby like a blog? Why do we feel that guilt? And I think I came up with sort of three main reasons why I think we feel that. The first is obviously societal, right? We, society still, as much as I think women are the future, uh, there is still a very societal um, norm or societal pressure that women's roles are to be that caregiver, are to be at home, are to be, you know, secondary to whoever the other person in the relationship is. And so I think when we are living with people who have, or related to people who still have that vision in their head, that this is what a woman's role is in the home or out of the home it can be really hard to fight against that tide when they think you should be one thing and then you should be another I've got a really good girlfriend actually who doesn't own her own business but is dealing with something similar she and her partner agreed that when they had kids she would um, kind of put her career on, on hiatus while they had kids. And that was an agreed choice they both made. You know, they're both happy with it. And now that the kids are older and kind of heading off uh, towards middle school, her husband is totally like, okay, you need to get a job now. And she's a little adrift. Like, I don't know what to be if, you know, I've been this for the last 12 years or whatever. I don't know what to be now. So I think the first reason we feel guilt is that societal pressure to fit into the role that we think society wants us to fit into. The second reason I think we feel guilt is for choosing our own path is personal, right? We put an immense amount of pressure on ourselves, right? We want to be that woman who has it all. We want to be that one who's like, yeah, I can both you know, do the school pickup with makeup on and I can also go home and bake. And by the way, I run a business and I do this and I do that. And so we feel guilt for putting pressure on ourselves, but also because we feel like Wanting to do something for ourselves can't impinge upon all our other responsibilities and like somehow that's it's not okay for us to choose ourselves we have to choose everybody else as well as ourselves and I think that can be hugely hugely challenging and I think the third one is really just one of logistics like basic logistics and physical demands obviously women are the only ones that can carry a baby and they are the only ones that can feed a baby when it comes to obviously Um, breastfeeding or whatever. So there's a certain physical demand on our bodies when it comes to children. And so it's a little hard to deal with that physical guilt when, you know, obviously these days, you know, children can be bottle fed and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's still hard because you know that physically at some level, it has to be you. I've got, um, Another girlfriend is actually younger than I am and they're really debating having children and she's having a really hearts-on with this because she says look my life is really independent. I'm really free. You know, we're happily married we're all good. I know that the physical demands on my body and my time as soon as we want to have a child will be significantly different to what I have now. And I'm not sure that I'm ready to give up that demand on my my physical time. Uh, And, you know, because she knows that if they have a baby, it's her who's going to be carrying it and her who's going to be feeding it, assuming they go that route. So, It's really interesting. I think that third reason we feel guilt is just because we physically know nobody else can do it, and we don't necessarily want to give up our lifestyle or our time or the way we live. So in my own case, um, I've always been a massively, massively independent person. I always wanted to have my own identity outside of my partner, outside of my children, outside of anybody, really. I wanted to stand on my own two feet as Michelle. I didn't want to be you know, known as so-and-so's wife or so-and-so's sister or so-and-so's daughter. And it's not that I'm not proud of my partner or my parents or my siblings, because I am. I'm happy for that to be part of my identity, but I never wanted that to be all of my identity. Now, once I had my kids, because I had triplets, oh my goodness, that was a major, major thing for me because So many people then just refer to me as the triplet mom or, oh, you're the lady who had the triplets or whatever. And while I'm proud of that and I'm proud of them and I know that it's an unusual and remarkable thing you know, wasn't the thing I wanted to be known for. I was a person before I had those children. I was certainly going to be a person after they grew up, you know, and, and during their, their childhood, obviously. And I had a really hard time with that. And the second thing I also had a hard time with was the assumptions people made because they were triplets. So I made it really clear to my my partner and, and friends and family that whether I had one baby or whether I had 10 babies, I was always going to be a working mom. I planned to go back to work fairly quickly after my children were born. It was not in my DNA to be a stay-at-home mom. And then as soon as I had the triplets, people were like, there's no way you're going to go to work, right? I mean, how can you? I mean, who's going to want to look after three kids? Oh my God, you can't be serious. The judgment and the assumptions was Unbelievable I used to say it felt like a rising tide of judgment coming my way and I had to kind of fight to get myself heard that I still wanted to be my own person. Now I did actually succumb to that pressure for a little bit and I ended up being a stay-at-home mom for about 9 months. And I have no regrets about that time and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my original plan. It wasn't kind of what I wanted to do but I did it because so many people were like, you can't be serious, you can't leave triplets, you know? I don't know how that would be different to twins. Plenty of people leave twins early, but whatever. It was their thing. And so for me, I have always fought kind of tooth and nail to have my own identity, but that does not mean that I am absolved or released from mommy guilt. I have felt plenty of mommy guilt over the years, and, you know, children know how to, like, get you, like, right in the gut, don't they, you know? So the way I used to kind of comfort myself whenever I felt guilt now, I have to say I've been fortunate to have a partner and family who have been very supportive of my business, but there are times when they weren't. So as an example, my parents were small business owners themselves and a lot of what I do comes from that influence from watching them own a business. And I remember having two distinct conversations with my parents one where I spoke to my dad and I was like, dad, this business thing is so hard. I'm so tired. I'm constantly worried about money. Like, I don't know what to do. I just, you know what, I was kind of venting to him. And what I wanted was for him to kind of, you know, sort of over the phone, like pat me over the head and be like, it's okay, Michelle, this is just a phase. You'll be fine. And his response was actually to say to me, you know, Michelle, not everyone is cut out to be a business owner." And I don't think I'll ever forget that conversation because it was one of the most, I think, hurtful things my dad ever said to me. Now, I don't think that was his intention. I think he just meant to kind of say, like, look, you know, you don't have to do this. You could could choose a different path. You don't, you know, I think he was in his own way, trying to be sort of encouraging. But in reality, it got me right in the gut. And I not even gonna lie that that conversation spurred me on to work harder and different and better and really make this business thing work. Because if nothing else, I was a bit like, screw you, dad, I'm totally gonna make this work, you know. And then interestingly, I had a very similar conversation with my mom. I don't, I don't remember the timing exactly, but I definitely remember the conversation where again, I called her and I was like, I'm so tired. You know, I'm so worried, blah, blah. This business is so hard. And again, remember that my parents ran their own business. So you'd think they'd have some sympathy here, but she didn't have any sympathy. And my mom's conversation back to me was along the lines of, why don't you just get rid of it? Why don't you just close the door, sell it? Why don't you just walk away? Maybe it's just all too much. And again, I think that was her way of being supportive, but it didn't feel supportive at the time. I couldn't believe that my mom was telling me to give up, particularly when she and my dad had run their own business for so long and it was so hurtful. So, you know, parental guilt, family guilt, whatever. I think there's a lot of people out there who are trying to make us feel guilty for choosing themselves. And I think that it's really unfair, but how do we fight against that rising tide? So, one of the things that I did was I involved my kids in the business, which I've spoken about on this podcast a couple of times already, but I also tried to remind myself that I was teaching my kids lessons that they would not get in any other way. So as an example, and this probably was more for my daughters than my son, but I think all of them walked away with these lessons. And the first was certainly around women's empowerment and what women are capable of. I wanted my kids to see a real life living example of a woman who had a dream went after that dream and then succeeded at that dream. And so I wanted them to learn that lesson. I wanted them to learn by example that if you want to be something, you can be something. You can do just about anything. I guess I want them to live their life without limits. And so it was amazing to me to then have a situation where I was then living that life for them and I could actually show them, like, here you go, guys. This is what's actually happening here, right? It's actually real life. So that was the first lesson I wanted my kids to have. And the second lesson I wanted them to have was really showing them that Parenthood could be done alongside having a life and having an identity and how that's really important actually to be a person. I wanted my children to see that I love them and they were the most amazing thing to ever happen to me, but I still had friends, I still had hobbies, I still volunteered in my community, I still ran my business. I wanted them to see that you can be a multifaceted person while you are a mother, right? While that you can have a life and have an identity. And I guess also, I never wanted to be resentful. I never wanted to be so much living for them that, you know, then I got kind of crappy when I couldn't do stuff I wanted to do. I didn't want them to have that example. And the last lesson I wanted them to learn, which maybe is the most important one of all, but we've always taught my children that a family is a community and that we work together to achieve things. And so I tried to involve them in my business and my business decisions and my business choices because I wanted them to understand that lesson that we work together to achieve stuff. So just like I don't expect them to be alone when they're trying to achieve something, be that in school or at dance or, you know, at scouts or whatever so too would I expect that we would work together in order for me to achieve something. And so that meant that they sometimes had to compromise or they sometimes had to come with me on deliveries on their way to somewhere else or whatever. But it was a lesson in communities work together to lift each other up, even if that community is just made up of the five of us. And so I used to kind of feel that mommy guilt. And then I'd be like, you know, I feel guilty about the fact that I didn't make it to that basketball game, but what am I giving my kids in return? You know, are they going to remember that one time I didn't go to that basketball game or are they going to remember, "Hey, my mom was amazing. She did all this amazing cool stuff. She loved the heck out of us and she also did this." So, for me those lessons were kind of more important and I find also with the whole guilt thing, it's always very temporary. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but I find that the 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 guilt thing and the the kind of jealousy and the whatever is almost always really temporary. It's almost always really related to like one thing, you know, it's like, you can't go to this one thing. And so your kid starts yelling at you that, you know, you like cake more than me. And your husband starts getting crappy that you read that blog more than you paid attention to me. It always tends to be triggered by like a single event. Now, obviously that's not a catch all. It's not always true, but often I find. And then once that event has passed, They kind of get over it and you kind of get over it and we move on. There is, I didn't have certainly a pervading sense of mommy guilt. I just had a situational mommy guilt where I'd kind of be okay with it most of the time. And then somebody would say something or somebody would do something or couldn't go to something or whatever. And then I would kind of feel horrible. But for me, hanging on to, I'm teaching my kids these bigger lessons is actually the thing that sort of got me through. And really interestingly, about um, six weeks ago now, I actually did a Facebook live with my daughter Claire and I did that Facebook live in my build your profitable cake business group. So if any of you are students of that, it's still sitting there and you're you're still welcome to go and listen to it again if you like, I'll, I'll leave it sitting there. So I did a Facebook live with my daughter Claire. So my daughter Claire is technically the youngest of the triplets by 30 seconds. So she's currently 16 years old and she is probably the most like me in personality She pulls no punches. She tells the truth all the time, even when you don't want to hear it. (laughs) And she's very... oh gosh, what's the word to describe? She's just very forthright. I think she's, she's really happy to share her thoughts, but she's also happy to hear other people's thoughts. So I did an interview with her on Facebook live. Maybe I should bring her back actually to the podcast. And I asked her like, what's it like to grow up with a mom who had a business? And did you ever feel that I neglected you? Or did you ever feel that you missed out because there was things I simply could not go to and all that, that kind of stuff, you know? And I have to say that it was an eye opening conversation with Claire because she said to me so much that was so different to what I had assumed. I totally thought that she hated the fact that I had a business and I should say about Claire that she is my only child who often says that she wishes she wasn't a triplet not that she doesn't love her siblings she does but she feels most keenly out of all my kids that she has to share me and I'll just tell you guys a very personal thing that my whole life I've actually wanted to be a foster parent as well as as well as being a normal parent I wanted to be a foster parent and my children have actually vetoed that idea entirely and Claire has been the most vocal about that. Now I respect that. I think that being a foster parent is something that needs to be a family decision when there are other children. So I respect her choices, but her choice comes from the fact that she says, I already feel like I have to share you with other kids. The idea of sharing you with even more kids just does not make me happy. So in particular, I wanted to interview her about the business because I thought that she of all my kids would feel that Uh, jealousy or would feel that resentment more than the other two, because she already has this kind of like, I don't like having to share my mom thing. Right. And this was such an eye opening conversation with Claire. And she said something that I think will stick with me for a long time. And what she said is, look, mom, the truth of the matter is, if I need therapy as an adult, it's not going to be because you had a small business. (laughs) (laughs) which sounds kind of funny now, but you know, and she was obviously being quite tongue in cheek, but she was like, I don't know why you think this business thing is such a big deal. And she sort of repeated that in various ways a couple of times. And it was really interesting. Now, in part it's because Claire has always known me to have an identity outside of my children. And she's pretty much always known me to have a business. I mean, the business technically only started when the kids were uh, three or four, but you know, that's pretty young. And so she's always had that experience of mom having a job or mom having a business or whatever. But she was so like, I can't believe you think this is a thing, mom, you know. And what I learned is that a lot of that guilt was something I'd manufactured in my head, not something she had. Now, that doesn't mean she didn't have those moments where she was like, you care about cake more than me. Because I'm sure she did have the odd time where she said something kind of awful, you know, or that made me feel bad. But like the large bulk of that guilt was all invented in my head and nothing to do with what she actually felt, which I just find amazing to me. Because here I am thinking my kid is like carrying around this weight of like, oh, mom never has time for me. And that's not the truth. So, you know, we have to remember that in the heat of the moment, kids will often say things that are designed to get a reaction from us. I mean, let's think about, you know, basic physiology here. Babies cry to let you know they're cold, they're hungry, they're you know, wet, they're whatever, you know, kids react in a certain way to get a reaction from us. It's a protection mechanism, right? And so you have to imagine that that would still be true when kids are, you know, young adults or they become, you know, more verbal and they're saying things like, you never see me, you never want to hang out with me, you never, whatever. It's because it's designed to get a reaction from you, right? It's designed to kind of get you right in the gut. And for them, it's their version of saying, you know, look at me, pay attention to me, see me kind of thing so that conversation with Claire was super eye-opening because I guess all those years of my telling myself there are bigger lessons here Michelle actually turned out to be true and so I'm very grateful that I had that conversation with her and admittedly and you know not even gonna lie I actually felt like a really big sigh of relief like oh my god this really hasn't affected her that much and I actually did confirm with her here's another way where where Claire kind of told me told me where put me back in my place I said to her you know do you think that because your mom had a business this makes you believe women are capable of anything and you know has this totally like girl powered you and blah 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 and she looked at me she's like not really (laughs) what do you mean not really that was one of those lessons you were meant to learn and she's like but you've told me that my whole life, you've told me my whole life that I can do what I want to do and that I can be the, the person and the woman I want to be and that the sky is the limit. And that if I want something bad enough, it's just a matter of working towards it and finding ways around it and making it happen and whatever. And she was like, I don't think my ability to achieve things is related to owning a business. So she was like, the fact that you did That's great for you, but that didn't make me feel any more empowered. That's like, that's just how mom did it. But my whole life you've been telling me that I can do these things. So I know I can do these things. (laughs) That was kind of interesting too, because one of those big lessons I wanted her to learn is that like, you can actually do it. And she's like, but I never had any doubt that I could actually do it. So I guess inadvertently she learned that lesson, but that was a little bit of a hard one to hear as well. I wanted to also address the second part of, um, that woman, Andrea's comment on the, on the, on my Facebook page about, you know, do I do this because of my kids or do I take reduced orders for the first year after my baby is born? That sort of stuff. I think that's a really, really good question. Like how much should we give up for our children, you know, or, or should we give up anything for them at all really? Um, and I'm kind of in two minds about this because I guess I'm in two minds about this for two reasons. One, I so strongly believe that we need to be our own people and have our own identity and our own way of doing things and you know, you you've heard me say throughout this this podcast today that I think it's important to have an identity outside of your children and outside of your partner and outside of your family. I think that's that's really important. So, part of me says only give up, you know, that which you're comfortable with or give up everything or, you know, I have like 10,000 answers for how much should we sacrifice or give up or modify for our children. And so I come at it from these two angles. One of be your own person, do your own thing, the kids will survive and, you know, make their way around. You children are pretty resilient. And yet the other part of me is a child of somebody who lost a father early. So my father passed away, and I've talked about him a lot too in my in my writings, my father passed away. When he was 63 and I was in my early 30s and without doubt that was one of the most devastating Experiences of my life for sure and it altered how I think about things for sure And it gave me a new perspective on life that I don't think I would have had any other way And so while I'm, I you know, miss my dad and I would give anything from be back in my life again The lessons and the gratitude I gained from his passing on have been enormous And so it's hard for me to say, like, don't give up anything for your kids. Lead your own life. Do your own thing. 100% whatever. When in my heart of hearts, I think, yeah, but I wish that I had more time with my dad. So when I think about it from a child's point of view, I think of it as I want as much time with my parents as possible. And then when I think of it as a mother point of view, it's the opposite. It's like, you know, your life is only so short. You should do what the things you want to do. So I guess the answer that I've come up with is probably somewhere in the middle, which is how much should I give up for my kids? And I think the answer for me is enough that I feel that over the course of my life, I have given each the attention I wanted to give them, which maybe that sounds a little bit airy-fairy, but I don't believe in balance. You guys have heard me say many times that I think balance is pretty much rubbish, and I think it's impossible to keep things in balance. But when I look over the course of my week or the course of my day, I'm really proud of the fact that I go, you know what? I did a lot of great work in my business this week, but I had a lot of fun with my kids this week too. You know, maybe on Monday I was all about business and on Tuesday I was all about kids and on Wednesday I was a bit of both or whatever. But when I look at things with a bit of a further time perspective, I really get the sense of, you know what? I did the best I could in both arenas. Maybe I didn't give each of those 100% all the time, but I gave... Each of those things enough that I feel comfortable that i've done a good job in both of those things And if this week I was a terrible mom and I was all about business Well next week I have the opportunity to turn that around again so I tend to kind of look at things (sighs) I guess not from a perspective of balance, from a perspective of did I give those things the attention that I wanted to give them at the time based on what was important to me at the time. You know, some weeks of your business are going to be more important than others. You know, you're launching a new product, you're moving into a new shop, you're... um, I don't know, starting a new website, whatever. And some weeks of your children's lives are gonna be more important. The week they graduate, you know, sixth grade, the day that they have that big, you know, competition, the week that they go to scout, mummy and me scout camp, whatever. So there are weeks in our lives which are need to be gonna be focused on one direction or the other. And so for me, I don't think there is an answer to how much should I be giving up or how much? Should I be changing my life? It's the level that you are comfortable with without 100% sacrificing either one. Because for me, when I spend, when I think of the idea of sacrificing my whole life for my children, for me, that's an incomplete life. I can't imagine not being my own person, having my own business and doing my own thing. But when I think about not having children or not spending time with the children I gave birth to and, and not giving them that and having it be all about my business all the time. And I can be a workaholic at times. For me, that also feels like an incomplete life. And so I need to have both, but I just accept that not both of those are in balance. And I accept that sometimes I will have to make choices for the better of my children. And sometimes I will have to make choices for the better of my business. And, you know, I will say that, When I look back over my cake business now, my progress was way, way slower than I wanted it to be, but it meant that I gave that time to both the things that were important to my business and my family. And I used to be so jealous of other companies that like were killing it. You know what I mean? They had like huge social media followings and they were opening several locations and they were making so much money and whatever. People who I started with, you know, like who kind of came into the industry at the same time as I did and I looked at their progress and I was jealous and resentful because I was like, if I didn't have the kids and I didn't have to worry about money and I didn't want this out the other, I could be where they are. But in retrospect, like so at the time, it was really kind of crappy to be constantly comparing myself to other people. But in retrospect... I think, well, I'm actually okay with the fact that my progress was slower than I wanted to be because it meant that I could give that attention to my kids and to my business and feel like I was making progress on growth, even if that progress was slower than I would have liked. You know, I used to say, if I didn't have the kids, I would literally, like, eat ramen noodles all day long, and I would, like, sleep in the shop, and I would do all kinds of crazy things. But because I had them, I couldn't do those things. And so, yes, on the one hand, it limited my progress. On the other hand, I think it made me a more whole person and a more, probably more sane person. Because, really, nothing brings you crashing back down to earth than a bunch of toddlers wanting your attention and, you know, asking you to play Lego with them or whatever. So, at the time it felt like I was kind of hindering my progress, but in reality, I'm sort of glad that it did. Now, if you're curious about how I actually really involved my kids in my business in a much more detailed way, then you can listen to my podcast episode about raising a family. I think it's called raising a family and a business at the same time. And I'll tell you all the tips and the tricks that I use to keep my children involved in my business. So look, I think that we can't deny that family guilt, mommy guilt, daddy guilt, husband guilt, whatever you want to call it is alive in the well. I think that we need to remember that it's situational. I think we need to remember that it's often a very short period of time in our our lives when people want to kind of make us feel awful for that kind of thing. I think ongoing resentment and jealousy is... Is a, is a whole different animal, a whole different beast, might require a whole new podcast episode, but I'm talking really about those times when you know, the kids just get you right in the gut, like, mommy, you care more about cookies than me or whatever it is. That can be exceptionally, exceptionally difficult. And so I'm shouting out a big hug of understanding to any of you who are dealing with that. And I just want to say, you have to remember the bigger lessons they're learning. You have to appreciate that children do grow up and, and, they, and they move on, right? And then what are you Who are you outside of them? And it's totally okay to spend your time being about them now and the business later, or the business now and children later, or both at the same time. You know, your life, your rules, as much as I say your business, your rules, I think it's really comes down to your life, your rules. And unfortunately we do live in a world where there is lots of judgment, but I guess it's how we handle that judgment. Do we handle it with grace or do we handle it with resentment in return or do we also remember that perhaps what we should do is not be judging of other people's choices? So on that note, I wish I could tell you that the guilt thing goes away. It doesn't. I think it just kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes disappears for a couple of years and then comes back again. You never know. Maybe when we're all grandparents, we'll feel like grandparent guilt or something. But please know that you are not alone in this regard. We've we've all been there and done that where our, our families, our partners, our friends have not been supportive, have made us feel terrible for the choices we've made. But ultimately, you and only you are the person who has to stand by those choices. So your life, your rules. And always remember that. And I think that you'll find that somehow making these decisions is a little bit easier i'm not saying by the way that you shouldn't consider other people's feelings or other people's thoughts i'm saying you should right we don't li- nobody lives in the vacuum and that's that whole thing about we work and live in a community and together we can raise each other up i'm simply saying that sometimes you need to make a choice which voice you voices you listen to and which ones you don't have an awesome week and hopefully i will meet you in person someday and if not thank you so much for listening to today's podcast For listening to the Business of Baking podcast. You can find show notes, links, and other fun stuff for this and previous episodes at thebizofbaking.com. Until next time, may your oven stay evenly hot, your ganache never split, and may you always be in the business of being awesome.